Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Tonight, I want us to go ahead and start with our key verse here, which is Ephesians chapter number 6. Verse number 10. That's what I want to do. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 10. Again, this is the main scriptures that we're going to be using when we're getting all of our lesson. Where Dr. Jeremiah bases this his books and these chapters on, on how we're able to overcome through the armor of the Lord. Amen. So Ephesians 6 chapter 10 reads, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherein ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. And for me, the, uh, oh, yeah, we'll stop there. Sorry, (laughs) we'll stop there. And again, we want to talk about tonight overcoming evil with good. Amen. Overcome evil with good. And let's do us let do me a favor real quick. Let's just pray right now that the Lord would just help us and and deal with us and talk to us tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, again for this time that we're able to come to your house. We thank you, God, for this time that we're able to just learn and study from your word and how and what you would have us to know. And I just ask God that during this brief moment together, that Lord, you would just open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits, Lord, that we may receive the very bread of life. Hallelujah. Give us the bread of life for nourishment of our spiritual bodies. We just ask that it all be done in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You know, I have preached many times and I have always said this statement or something similar to it is the fact that we're living in a strange world or we're living in a crazy world or we're living in a world that we're not yet used to. Amen? Because it seems like for whatever reason, think new things keep popping up and up and up. But one thing that I have failed to say is this. We're not only living in a crazy world, but we live in an evil world. We live in an evil world. When, 
What in my thought was, was I began to read, the, the first chapter began to read about that doctor who molested all of those um, gymnastic athletes and everything. And how the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds had come forth and had said all of these bad things and all of these things that he did. And he's got, I mean, he won't ever leave prison. He will stay there the rest of his natural life. I, I believe that. And so it really behooves us to think, not only do we live in a crazy world or an upside down world or whatever, but it's an evil world out there. My goodness, to think that I, I looked on the news today and about that man who just, he, what was it, he found, he thought that his girlfriend had kissed another man and he went berserko and killed her and threw her out to some ditch or something like that. Crazy stuff. We hear words and news about adults and how they abuse children and they, they hurt children and all of that kind of crazy stuff. And you think, my goodness, what, what, would, what was that individual thinking? Of what they were going to do. My mind goes back to the guy. I, I, I forget um, where it is. I want to say Colorado. But I don't think that's right. But anyway. He was seeing somebody. And he had his wife and two daughters. And they got in a big fight. And he killed them all. And dumped their bodies in a, a oil or something. All that or something like that. To hide the evidence. I mean, we think of all of these things and we're thinking, my goodness, it's crazy. I saw again the news tonight that a Mexican game, gang, M13 or something like that, how they've now got suspects and how they're doing medieval style killings. They're saying people, they're going up to people and just stabbing their hearts out and beheading them and all kind of crazy and Things that we think, my goodness, what is these people thinking? What are they thinking? And so my question is this. With all of this news, how do we keep ourselves from, some, from succumbing to anger, bitterness, grief, and the desire for revenge? Because when we hear these news, especially when it comes to children, one thing I can't stand is children being hurt and the elderly being hurt. I, oh, that just burns my gizzards. I'm telling you. That, 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 I just hate that. And especially when you hear it on the news and you get so mad and, and, and angry and you think, good Lord, why do people do this? And then... People that molest other younger children and all that. And you think, oh, if I just get my hands on them. <laughs> it wouldn't be a, it would, <laughs> it would not be the hands of repentance, but the hands of wanting to strangle somebody. Amen. So how do we overcome this evil world with this evil system in place? How do we keep our hearts from storing the residue of evil done to us or to those we love. Because we also have to think too, 
that maybe you're dealing with this now or maybe you have dealt with this before, but when evil was done to you, when people tried to orchestrate something bad against you, and that leaves a bitter taste in our mouths. <laughs> it leaves us angry, bitter, like I said, grief, the desire for revenge. So how do we deal with all of that? How do we deal living in, in our Christian life, walking with the Lord, with our faith? Amen. We can't all just stay here and live at the church and then, you know, eat and have church and play music and all that. We have to live outside these four walls. We have to deal with people. So how do we deal with that with an evil world? Ephesians 6 and 14 says this, Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate was a piece of armor that soldiers wore, and it was a hardened, reinforced leather. And within that leather was metal plating, that was on it. And it covered the torso and protected the soldier's vital organs, especially his heart. And without that breastplate, he became vulnerable to damage and exposed to the enemy. Without that reinforcement that is on that torso area, he was vulnerable. And it's really true, your vital organs are all right here. You know, it's painful when somebody loses an arm or a leg or fingers or toes or a foot or something like that, but you can recover. But when it gets into this torso area, you've got your heart, you've got your lungs, you've got your kidney, you've got your stomach, you've got your intestines, you've got your, if you've got a gallbladder, <laughs> I still have mine, but oh, if you, ha you have your pancreas, you have all of these vital organs that just can't be removed. If one is done in or one is lacking, your body starts to freak out and gets fever and all of that kind of stuff. So the breastplate protected that soldier. And in his letter, Paul used this literal breastplate that protected the physical heart as a metaphor. He was talking about righteousness. Acts as a breastplate to protect the figurative spiritual heart of the Christian, the spiritual center of one's life. Righteousness. That's something that we don't hear much about. Righteousness. And one thing about it as Christians, we are to live a righteous life. Amen? And that breastplate is there to protect that heart of righteousness. 
It is by appropriating the righteousness of Jesus Christ, His moral perfection and sinless life of obedience to the Father and living righteously that we are able to overcome the evil that is within us and the evil that is around us. How are we able to deal with this evil? Through righteousness. Through righteousness. But what's interesting is here, we've got to deal with two evils in our lives. The first we've got to deal with is before we deal with the evil that's outside these four walls, we've got to deal with the evil that's in our hearts. How do we overcome the evil within us? This heart of ours, church, is wicked. The Bible speaks. It is wicked. And no man knows it except God. This thing in, <laughs> that's right up here <laughs> behind these ribs and all of that, there beats a heart, a physical heart, I believe also resides our spiritual heart. That, oh, if we don't have that breastplate of righteousness, the enemy of our never-dying soul will creep in and cause us to go away from what God has intended us. Mark 7 and 21 through 23 says, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Out of this heart, out of this heart, and folks, to be honest, there is no way to list all the evil humans can conceive. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Sister Joan, I would have never guessed in a million years that we would hear of laws passed where it was all right to kill a baby at the nine-month mark. Unconceivable. Unconceivable. Never have we heard such hatred and evil being spoken from people and from political leaders. And may I say both sides are guilty. Evil that come... I never would have guessed that you could... Post a picture on Facebook and people would just attack and demean an individual that they would want to commit suicide. Viciously, maliciously. And folks, that all come from the heart. From the heart. We need to examine before we can get the boogeyman from outside these four walls. We've got to examine the evil within us. And may I add that the Bible speaks about that 
Some are worried about the, the um, splinter in the other person's eye, but neglect the plank that, was, that is in theirs. We have to watch this heart of ours. The heart, again, is capable of evil of every sorts. Romans 3 and 10 verses 12 said, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There's no, there is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Human beings, I'm not talking about Christians, but <laughs> you got to have that breastplate on. But just the human being in itself, besides the intervention of God, is an evil creature. It has nothing, does not want anything to do with righteousness, holiness, living a good life. All of that stuff. It is a selfish creature. One of the most dangerous thoughts a human being can have is I would never do something that evil. I have heard that before in my life. Never say never. Never say I'll never do this or I can't believe I will never do that. It sets yourself up, I'm afraid. Amen. Oh, this wicked character. This wicked thing called human beings. Now that we've just, I've just dragged us all under the mud. <laughs> and just told us how bad we are. And tell us how just rotten we are. What can we do to fix this? Amen. You know, I, I've said this before too. You know, I don't mind telling you. Or I don't mind saying like you did something wrong, or but at least let me know how to fix it. <laughs> don't just tell me you're a bad person and all right, it's, let's go home. <laughs> no, tell me a remedy. What can we do to fix this? The bad news is that we all have evil inside us. But the good news is that Christ in His goodness and mercy overcame that evil for us by dying on the cross and then offering us His righteousness, a free gift that can only be received by faith. How are we able to overcome the evil within us? We can't, but Christ can. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if we've got a problem with how we act, if we get angry really easily, if we want to seek revenge, if we just have bitterness and anguish within our heart, let me tell you the remedy. It's not going up and telling that person a thing or two. It's not doing something bad against that person and say, oh, see, I told you. But it's surrendering that life to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I can't do this, but you've got to do it for me. It is through Christ and His righteousness. Because we're not righteous. No, not one, <laughs> as Romans said, as we read in the Scripture. But Christ gives us this righteousness. 
Let me tell you something. There are times at my work where we deal with a lot of accounts. Like we have a cleaning account and linen account and these kind of different accounts. So when a guest checks out, our system automatically disperses the money into the right account. And so I've got to go to another person in the office, has to go in and check to make sure those accounts balance. But there are times when those accounts don't add up for whatever reason. They become negative. It could be because somebody didn't charge the right stuff or they forgot to add a charge or something like that. But when it's dispersed, it shows that it's negative. There is a negative amount in that. And somebody has to pay that. Somebody's got to pay it. Now, I just cannot, and how this goes is you just can't give money and say, okay, here, here's money. Uh, it'll, it'll even it out. Because if you do that, you don't know if there's another problem. You've got to find the solution to why that account's negative. And if you can't, you just can't put money, you just can't go to the bank and put money in the bank to, or to that account to make it right. But see, there's got to be an account to cover that negative balance. Folks, when we were born into this world, we were born Owen. We were born in the red. <laughs> we had a negative amount attached to our name. I don't care how good you were. I don't care how well you were at school and did all the rules and all of that stuff. You were born negative. You owed something. And that debt had to be paid. It had to be paid somehow. And you can work and you can do and you can strive and do all you can, but it will never get that negative back to the positive. It won't turn that red to black. But folks, one day, on an old hill, on an old rugged cross, there was a man. He wasn't all man. but Well, he wasn't just a man, but he was man and he was God. And he said, I'll go. I know they're in the red, but I'll pay the price. I'll take from my account and I'll clear the debt. I'll clear that account of theirs and I'll make it right. Folks, that's how our righteousness comes from. We can't make righteous. We can't become righteous. We have to, by faith, accept that when we're forgiven of our sins, that now Christ's righteousness has come into us. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Colossians. Yeah, Colossians 2 and 15 says... And having dismissed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And that's in the NIV. But I like what the King James says. He made a show of them all. <laughs> he made a show of them all. What does that mean to us? I know in that sense that means when Christ died and he went to hell because he became sin. 
He became sin. That there he stood in that pit. And when that third day come, they could not hold him down. Hallelujah. Oh, they couldn't hold him down. And so when they tried to strap him, those demons and imps tried their best to hold him down to say, no, you can't. You can't go up to the earth. You can't be resurrected again. And he made a show of them openly. Folks, of all the evil in this world, Christ has already defeated They're already done for. They're already on the loser's mark and they just hate the fact that they're losers. (laughs) I know we had a, um, our little league team has gone over to the, uh, going to the Super Bowl, or not the Super Bowl, (laughs) the World Series. Amen. This coming up week. And they were, uh, a person was telling me that there was this team and they knew that they were going to lose. And they were sore losers. They, I mean, they did everything they could to try and find a foul or try to see our team if they broke a rule or something. They called timeout and all this kind of stuff because they knew that they would lose. They knew they, would all, they had already lost and they didn't want to play without going down. Folks, that's exactly what the enemy is doing. He's already lost. He's mad about it, and he's doing the best he can to say, bless God, if I'm going down, I'm taking somebody with me. That's his attitude. So you remember that when he starts whispering in your ear, when he's saying, oh, you're a loser. You're a loser. You're not going to make it. I just whisper back into him and said, I know you're a loser. I know it. I know exactly what you're talking. Yes, you are a loser. Yes, you've lost. And that's so sad for you. But I'm not. (laughs) I'm not a loser. We're winning. Hallelujah. We've already won. Woo! We've already won. This battle's over. If our name's written in the Lamb's book of life, our sins are gone. We're working and we're walking with the Lord. We're doing what's right in His sight and He's well pleased with us. Folks, all we're doing is taking a victory lap. We're taking a victory lap. And yeah, those, you know, and there was a problem because at the end of that baseball game, that coach came up and started saying some bad, foul language to those kids, which got the coach upset and all of that. And they had to kick our coach out because of a because of the referee heard him and not the other guy. But see, that other guy started it. See, that ain't that like the devil? All he wants to do is to make you, to agitate you, so then you can act a fool, and then, oh, you got to sit out. Why? He started, I know it, but you, but you didn't do right. You missed the rule. You, you broke the rule. See, that's exactly what he wants us to do. He wants to count us out and he'll do everything he can to do it. But folks, we can overcome this life. We can overcome the evil that is ever present around us because of Christ's righteousness. He's done it for us. And we just have to accept it and say, Lord, I know you're on my side. You're on my side today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let me just skip all this part then. (laughs) I think I've said enough of that. 
That is how to overcome the evil within your heart, to put your trust in Christ, and He does the rest. And I know that's hard to do sometimes. Because let me tell you, there's sometimes. <laughs> Adam White, <no. laughs> my trust <laughs> is lacking a little bit. <laughs> you get aggravated and you get frustrated, but it's during those times where you have to say, God, I trust you. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, and I don't, you know, the Bible says anger and sin not. I don't think it's wrong to be angry. I think it's wrong to act in your anger. Ain't it sad when you hear that about people? That they, because of some evil that happened to them, and they act out and they hurt somebody or something like that. I was seeing some news either last week or something where this guy had hurt this young kid or whatever. And when you're in the courthouse, you're supposed to, you know, despite how it is, and I'd kind of be like that daddy anyway. <laughs> but the rule is you, you've got to act right. You can't just jump up and try and hurt the bad guy, so to speak. And that guy, he sure did. I mean, he got up there before it like lightning. Got up there and I mean tore him up. And he had to go to jail. And you, and you think like, well, yeah, that's justifiable. Yeah, he hurt his kid. He should have all the right. Uh-oh. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Now we're going to get to the hard stuff. Because <laughs> not only are we supposed to overcome the evil within us, we also can overcome the evil around us. Let me see. Romans 12, 17 and 21. Repay no one evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of all men, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, Give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That whole scripture is one of them big old horse pills to try and swallow because it's hard. Because I felt for that man because I thought, oh, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody hurting my little Evie? Oh, my. <laughs> I'll never forget when I first started coaching soccer. And I was fine and everything like that. And Britt was playing. And all of a sudden, this little boy just does something he's not supposed to. And I mean, he just shoved. Brit and he made him fall. Ooh, Jesus. Oh, I need the Holy Ghost right then when that happened. And I got so mad, I just started just, oh, I just, oh, it just got all over me. And I said, I've, I've never felt this way before. But I could at least tackled about 15 men. I was so angry. And I mean, I was mad. 
And we get those ways. Because see, one thing I've learned is we can learn to control ourselves in some aspect. I mean, it may be hard in some areas, but you can get to the point where you can control yourself. But you can't control what other people do. And that's why I tell, son, I'm not worried about you going over to this or walking here or doing that. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about others around you. Because that's something we can't control. We can't control I know what another person does. A lady at my work, she got in a bad wreck. And what happened was she was going through Tyndall. And this person just out of the blue was going to pass these other cars and got into her lane. And I mean just about almost had a head-on collision. And she swerved and hit a tree and everything. Busted up her car and all of that kind of stuff. And she said, Adam, I've got this fear that I can't ride with anybody. I have to be the one that's driving because I trust me. That, that accident has made me so fearful that I can't trust another person. I've got to do it. I've got to drive. Folks, that's, what the, that's how sometimes we can feel sometimes with the evil around us. You know, we can't help that. The book talks about this guy who went with this person who picked up this young kid and he said, your daddy sent me to get you and um, to somewhere or whatever. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I can't the exact details. But the kid knew the guy from his dad's work and said, all right, he gets in the truck. He goes by this dirt road and he stabs him in the throat. This little 10-year-old or little kid. Then goes down another even further into the dirt road, throws him outside and shoots him in his left temple and goes off. And people found the kid and he survived, but he was blind in his left eye. And so all these years, that fear had gripped that young man's life. And it wasn't until he was married and had kids that all of a sudden the policeman come to his house and said, do you remember your accident and all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we found the person. He turned himself in. And the guy explained to the kid that his dad did something that he didn't like that caused him to be very angry. And he said, I'm going to get your dad by hurting his son. And there the book goes into details that he would ask forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. And there was reconciliation and all that kind of stuff. But that's, a, that's something that we not only have to deal with the evil within us and to control this, but how do we control those, that outside these four walls? The Bible, through those scriptures, gives us some examples. I'm going to run through these real quick because they're very simple. We've got to leave vengeance to God. I hate when bad things happen to people, bad things happen to people, and I don't understand it sometimes. I don't understand when a baby that's less than a year old dies and there's no explanation. I, I don't understand how all of a sudden you can go to a beach and all of a sudden people contract this bacteria, this flesh-eating bacteria, and they die. I told somebody, I said, well, you talk about somebody knew that their day was that day, <laughs> it was that person. But we can't help that. We don't know. We don't, we don't understand. We don't even have the 
I really believe we don't have the capacity in our mind to understand the vastness of that. God does. But I mean, my goodness, to even begin to ponder that would drive us crazy. And so that's why God says to leave vengeance to him. It says again, repay no evil. Repay no one evil for evil, beloved. Do not avenge yourselves, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The fact is we won't kind of like what I talked to you about with that negative. We want to even out the balance sheet. If somebody does something wrong to us, bless God, Lord, cripple them. God, just send, don't send them to hell, but just build them a little house right outside the gate so they can watch all us go in. I mean, sometimes you just get so mad at someone, you're like, oh, I just need, they just need to go to hell. I'm just, just send them straight down to hell. But God says vengeance is his. He'll repay. And that's hard to do sometimes. But that's also to let us know that God knows. And let me tell you something. In God's timing, I've seen it many, many a time. God gets around to it. God gets around to the bad stuff. It might not be at that moment. And oh, don't we wish it would just happen right at that. Sometimes I wish like it happened to Ananias and Sapphira when they lied to, the, to Peter right then and then all of a sudden they just, poof, you lied. Uh, they just dropped down dead. Yes, God, bring that back to the church. No. <laughs> oh, sometimes we just wish that would happen. But it don't. I think there's a reason for that, good Lord. If You know, I heard a preacher one time at a funeral said, you know, if God would just allow me and said, and gave me a list of people and said, who could I kill? It wouldn't have been this person in front of me. But I've got other people that I wish would stand in, behind this in front of this pulpit besides this person laying in this casket. There's others that I wish were in this casket besides this individual, who basically is what he's saying. And so we sometimes feel that way when people do us wrong. But God says, don't do it. Don't repay it. God will see to it. God will see, will see to it. We also have to do this. Learn to plan ahead. Romans 12 and 17 says, Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. That Greek word translated regard in this verse means to plan ahead. Folks, sometimes we just have to say, I know I'm walking into a situation that's bad, and I know I'm having to deal with this person, but I just have to purpose that I'm going to just treat them nice. That's what that's meaning. Sometimes, folks, we just, there's, oh, there's a couple of people that just ran through my mind just real quick. And I thought, oh, I don't care too much for them. But I have to purpose in my heart and in my mind that I have to be nice to them. I have to be cordial to them. I have to, you know, it's so dumb. And I think I've said this before a while back. But you know when you walk on a store or something like that or you walk in and somebody looks at you and they got a problem with you or whatever, what do they do? They go. Just go off that other way. Just act like, or that one time that I, 
I didn't want to see somebody. And I said, oh, Jesus, let me get my phone. Hey, how are you doing? And I thought I was pregnant. And all of a sudden, as, that, as I was passing that person, it went, do 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 I thought, oh, Lord. So then I had to say, hey, I lost you. No, no, <laughs> no. I wasn't planning ahead. <laughs> but you have to purpose. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. First Thessalonians 5 and 15. The fact is sometimes we are reactive instead of proactive. And that's a lot. I'm a very reactive person. I don't like to deal. And then all of a sudden when time comes, a time crunch, and it's like, oh, I've got to do this, and I'm panicking, and I'm, ah. Well, no, stupid. If you just would have planned ahead, you wouldn't be caught by surprise. <laughs> Folks, sometimes we just have to say, Lord, and sometimes I've said this in my car, Lord, you know what is ahead of me. <laughs> you know it. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Not only that, we have to live peaceably with all men. Romans 12 and 18, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We have to live in this world. We cannot be a recluse. We cannot say, you know what, I'm just going to live my life. Sometimes, you know... I've got mad before, like, you know what? I'm just done with it all. I'm just going to live my life. I don't care what people do around me. I'm just going, it's going to be me and myself. Y'all can just do whatever y'all want to. Y'all just leave me alone. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. We can't live that way. We have to live peaceably. And the author said this and reiterated again what I said in the beginning. He said, I'm deeply concerned that this story reflects a rapidly accelerating trend towards angry conflict across our nation. Political rivalry has become political animosity. Opponents spit hatred and um, vile things at each other like vicious animals. Folks, that's what we live in. It seems like it's getting worse. It's like... You're fine, and you can say what you want to say unless it's against me. And if it's against me, you hate me. I actually had that same conversation with my son. And I told him, and he said something like, I know you hate me. I got on to him about something. And I said, no, sir, I don't hate you. I love you. But I said, what I don't like is the way that you act in certain situations. I said, that don't mean I hate you. That means I hate what you've done. And that's not like you. That's, you're supposed to not do that. And that's why I get that fanny. <laughs> Amen. We have to live peaceably. Matthew 5 and 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Now this is one of my favorite ones. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Folks, that's a very dangerous scripture. That we're supposed to live peaceably. And with, if we don't do that, we won't see the Lord. That's what he says. Live peaceably. With, pursue peace with all people. And holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
And one thing, the last thing we've got to do, and I know I'm running a little late, is we've got to let good overcome evil. How do we deal with this outside world? We have to let good overcome evil. We have to purposely in our heart do good for that person that did us wrong. I mean, I, and I have tried this before. Someone got, was mad at me or something like that. And oh, I was as nice as sugar cane to them. And oh, you could tell it just it just made them the even the just matter and matter. They couldn't do nothing about it because I was nice. <laughs> I was nice. We read this again, Romans twelve twenty. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Folks, that's dangerous too because there is a possibility as a Christian we can be overcome by evil. We can be overcome by evil. There was a situation that Brother Tommy was talking to me about, about this guy in this church. And something happened. I don't know what the detail was, and he didn't give too much of the detail with it. But something happened, and this guy at his church was really, really just ugly to him and very mean to him and all of this kind of stuff. And something happened, and the law had to get involved, and it was, it was a mess. It was a literal, he said it was just a mess. He said, I can't even tell you. He said, it'd just, it just blow your mind. But folks, it's sad that people that are saved, people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, people that live this life, that pray and read their Bible, if we're not careful, we can be overcome by evil. And I believe that's why I said you've got to do good to those that are. Because, oh, folks, that seed of bitterness can get in. And it's like them weeds outside here. They'll just penetrate and go and dig there's some weed that my brother-in-law was telling me, and he said, don't pick that up. Don't try and pick it up, because when you pick it up, that's where the seeds go and disperse. So when you pick up that one weed, four or five more come up. So you don't ever want to pick that weed up. You just got to spray it and kill it. Folks, that's just like bitterness. When we try, and it just spreads and spreads and digs deeper and deeper and deeper. So, folks, you've got to be watchful for that. And there's one other thing, too that I missed here. You got to love your enemy. You got to love them. You got to love them. It says you'll heap coals of fire on his head. And the book talked about John Maxwell and he said that was an Egyptian custom that it showed how someone was sorry by they had this hat and they had a hot coal and they would place it on top of their head. And when you saw that person, you knew that person had done something wrong and they were sorry for it. And so, folks, that's exactly what we're doing to our enemies. We're heaping coals, hot coals, on their heads. The enemy has overcome us when, when he makes us like himself. Folks, when he, the enemy has overcome us when he makes us like himself. When we're implementing more like the world and not like Jesus, 
Uh-oh, that's a, that's a sign right there. That's a sign that, oh, I'm being overtaken. I'm being overcome by this enemy of my never-dying soul. Evil for evil is to become like Satan. Why? Because Satan said, you threw me out? I'm going to do whatever I can to get your people and bring them with me to hell. You know, I told you this, hell wasn't built for us. Hell was built for the devil and his fallen angels that had rebelled against God. But hell has enlarged itself because he has overcome so many people and they have disregarded God and said, God, I reject you. God don't send people to hell. They send themselves to hell for saying, I don't agree. I don't believe what you say, God. I don't believe it. I'm going to go my way. And what can he do? There's, what can he do when he goes into that? And lastly, folks, in closing, the last of the chapter said this, keep doing, keep on doing good. Even if it's, you don't even want to do it. <laughs> even if you've got every right not to want to do good, you got to do it. You got to do it. I remember Sister Schutz used to say, sometimes you just got to eat crow. Sometimes you just got to eat crow. You just got to do something. Even though it's not your fault, even though you're not guilty of it, sometimes you just got to say, make it right. Sometimes you just got to do good to somebody that's done bad to you. Amen? You and I will never stop encountering evil in the world around us. As long as we're on this planet, evil will still be around us and among us. And will never this side of heaven be totally free from the temptation to do evil ourselves. But within us and without us, there is only one power in the world strong enough to overcome evil. And that power is the goodness of God. Righteousness is what the goodness of God looks like when we live, when we live it out. Philippians 3 and 9 says, He gives us the ability to do the same as we walk by faith. Here it is. Not having our own righteousness, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. It is only through Christ's righteousness within us that we're able to overcome this evil world. You know, again, we've got to deal with two evils within us and outside of us. And the only way we can do it is through the blood of Jesus. Accepting Him and His faith and, his, and putting our faith in Him and He'll do the rest. Amen? Amen. Would you stand tonight? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.